0: Hi there, friends. Forgiveness is at the center of the gospel message. Perhaps you've chosen to trust the Lord and release forgiveness to someone who has hurt you. Sometimes I'm the one who needs forgiveness, forgiveness from God and forgiveness from others. Maybe I have asked the Lord to forgive me. Maybe I've had to go to another person and ask that person to forgive me, but then Sometimes I might say, I know God forgives me, but I just can't forgive myself. How can I ever forget what I've done? That's a bad feeling. Get your Bible and let's talk about it. Owed a sin debt. God told us that the wages or the debt of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Jesus died on the cross to pay our sin debt. John records for us in chapter 19 and verse 30 that on the cross, when Jesus had received the sour wine, he announced, It is finished. In the original language, it is the word tetelestai, and it is translated in most English translations of the Bible as it is finished. But the word also was written on business documents in that day uh, or on receipts all in the New Testament times to show that a debt was paid in full. So Jesus clearly proclaimed that he died to pay for the sin debt of all of history, all people for all time. Calvary required an agony that we cannot fully comprehend. Forgiveness is something that Jesus Christ purchased for you and for me. He paid our sin debt, and when you receive Christ Jesus as your Savior and Lord, your sin debt that you owed to God is canceled. It's marked paid in full, completely paid. By faith in Christ and his finished work, we became sin debt free. So he pronounces us forgiven and we received his gift of eternal life. And we become then stewards of God's forgiveness, conduits of forgiveness, instrument through which the forgiveness of the Lord God flows to the world. So we understand that there's what we call positional forgiveness, where I am counted righteous before God because Christ's righteousness is put to my account. It is applied to me. It is applied to my name in heaven because of the blood of Christ and the grace God gave me to receive it by faith. I was, a, was born again, and that is eternal. A born person cannot become unborn. I am eternally forgiven. The gospel is simple. And God's word is sufficient. God's word tells us the truth about the gospel. It is a simple message that Christ paid our sin debt in full. But every day in this fallen world, I have to deal with practical forgiveness. I apply my positional forgiveness to my everyday life to my relationships and circumstances. And so Jesus basically said, look, you are conduit. You are the conduit to my forgiveness. You are the one through whom my forgiveness can flow to others. You are the one that is going to show the world what my forgiveness looks like. You are to forgive others the way I have forgiven you. Well, how has he forgiven us? Well, he forgives us completely, immediately. He never has to stop to think about it. He never has to stop to think about how he feels about it. He just does it. He does not hold our sin against us. He does not remember the debt because the debt is canceled. So even in with all of that, practical forgiveness can be a challenge because our feelings enter so much into our choices to forgive. I feel this. I don't feel that. I just feel like I need to do this. I just don't feel like I need to do that. But God eliminates the feelings and makes it a transaction. Now, in our last session, we talked about some basic truths that we need to always hold on to. First one was God is sovereign. What does that mean? It means that God is in control of everything all the time. All universes, all lives, Uh, He keeps the hairs on our heads counted. So he is sovereign. But we also said sovereign is not all that he is. Second thing was God is also good and loving and merciful and kind and attentive. And then thirdly, God's word is inspired. That means that it is God-breathed. God's word is inspired, infallible, and inerrant. There's no error in it. It is absolute truth, and God's word can be trusted. Whatever has happened has happened within the boundaries of the sovereign, good, loving, merciful, almighty God, who has said in his authoritative word that he works all things together for good to those who love him and those who are called according to his purpose. So we understand that forgiveness doesn't mean that what they did was okay. And always know that what they did was not okay with God either. It doesn't mean that God approved or that he will just let it go. Any evil, any sin committed against anyone is ultimately against God. We need to remember that. Uh, Remember that King David prayed in one of the Psalms. Uh, He was recounting his sins, his heart was broken, and he said to God, against you and you only have I sinned. So understand that in all of these things, God himself is the issue. Forgiving someone does not give them the right to keep on. Forgiving someone doesn't mean that it's okay for them to hurt us again. Probably the best lesson we have about that is to look at the life of Jesus in the New Testament and see how he engaged his enemies. Wisdom calls on us to protect our hearts from further wounds. Forgiving them doesn't mean that you have to keep on staying there taking it. We'll talk about that in another session. But it doesn't mean that. Forgiveness means that we don't think the same way about it that we used to think or we don't only think about it in terms of our flesh, in terms of our feelings, in terms of our own opinions about what happened. Repentance is a change of mind. So what's gonna happen then is I'm gonna think about it differently. So I'm going to bring my thoughts in line with God's word. I'm going to make my thoughts line up with God's thoughts. He's my standard. His word is my word of instruction. He is the one who's going to help me know how to think in a way that is going to set us free. So we're going to learn to choose to view what happened through the lens of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Forgiveness is not a feeling, not a feeling. It is a transaction. It is a transaction. Where at a point in time, I choose to commit that hurt to the Lord and commit the hurt to his forgiveness, to his way of dealing things. See, the blood of Jesus Christ, remember, covers all sin. Whatever sin is against me is covered by the blood of Jesus. So whether I have committed the sin Whether someone has committed the sin against me, remember they're ultimately all against God, but the debt for that sin is paid in full. That is the meaning of the gospel. That is the meaning of the cross. So people who have hurt us don't owe us because Jesus paid the debt. The debt has been paid. So how do I walk that out? How do I How do I take that understanding? How do I take that truth from God and apply it to my life? People who hurt me need to be safe in my hands, need to be safe in my presence. I have a friend, and and I have remembered this story, and I I hope I tell it right. It's close if it's not exactly right. She was a a paraprofessional for a second-grade classroom, and this classroom was having an activity one day, and I'm not exactly sure how they were doing it, but a child's name would be presented, or somebody's name, maybe a teacher's name would be presented, and the children in the classroom were to say something good about that person. One child, when given that assignment, said this, my name is safe in her mouth. My name is safe in her mouth, out of the mouths of babes, out of the mouths, of a little child shall lead them. That is a wonderful way to think about this because the people who have hurt me need to be safe with me. Their names need to be safe in my mouth. So I have to ask myself that question. Are the people who hurt me safe with me? Are they safe in my presence, or should they expect me to treat them at a distance, to be arrogant toward them, to be hateful toward them? Or are they to feel safe in my presence? How do we feel in God's presence? He says, you come to me. you're, You're safe here. You're safe with me. Why? Because God is out for our highest good and so we then are to treat others the same way because we forgive because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. Well, so you're going to say, um, maybe Sharon, uh, I've done all this. I've come a long way with it. Um, I've tried to release forgiveness to those people who have hurt me. Uh, and, and I know God forgives me, but but I just can't seem to forgive myself. How How can I forgive myself? How can I forget what I did? Um, There may be times when all of the regret and the guilt and the shame just heap upon us. Satan loves that. He accuses us. He's going to cause us to remember how bad we are, how undeserving we are. And so a voice in my head may tell me, you know, that I'm disgusting or that I am worthless, that I can't do anything, that I'm a failure. Or maybe things like, um, my mom died and I wasn't with her. I should have been there. So we carry all of this guilt. Or if only I had done so-and-so. If only I could have done so-and-so. I should have done so-and-so. And so we become weighed down with all of these thoughts, all of these weights, this heaviness of what we should have, could have been, where we should have, could have been, how we should have, could have been. And we carry that and it weighs us down. And so I guess the question is, have certain events and and certain circumstances left you carrying a heavy load of guilt? Are you carrying that guilt? Well, if you are, it's too heavy. It's too heavy. It will weigh you down. So let's think about this. Let's ask some self questions. These are questions I have to ask myself, and maybe we can ask ourselves together. The first one I think it's important is, am I thinking right about this? Am I thinking right about this? Is what I am thinking about myself or about the situation in line with what God's word says. That's step number one. And then number two, do I really believe what God says? Maybe I don't feel forgiven. You ever have days when you don't feel forgiven? I've had people tell me, I don't feel saved. Well, what does God say? You may not feel like it. You may not feel forgiven on some days. But here's what we have to do. I've got to not prioritize my feelings over God's word. I've got to decide whether I'm going to believe God's word, which is always unchanging, or am I going to believe my feelings, which, well, today I may feel forgiven, tomorrow I may not feel forgiven, today I may feel saved, tomorrow I don't feel saved. And so I've got to choose to replace my feelings and my human reasoning with God's word, because God's word is true regardless of how I feel. My feeling has nothing to do with it. This is what God says. This is what's going to happen regardless of how I feel about it. So he tells us that over and over again. So is my problem, number three, really the sin of unbelief? Is it really the sin of unbelief? Number four, Do I really believe that God has forgiven me? Do I know what that feels like? (laughs) Do I understand what it is to be forgiven by God? To know what it is to have that sin debt paid laid aside so that I can be free without that weight to walk in freedom, to share the gospel. Number five is important. Is God's forgiveness not enough for me? Am I more righteous than God? What makes my forgiveness of me more important or better than his forgiveness of me? Can I not forgive what God has said is forgiven? Then number six. Am I hanging on to guilt that Jesus Christ's blood has washed away? Am I trying to hold on to guilt, whatever our thinking is about that, to guilt that Jesus has said is gone? Number seven, have I failed to live up to my own expectations? Sometimes my expectations of me are higher than I can perform. Let me tell you the problem about, about that. That's dangerous because am I judging myself based on performance? Am I judging myself based on my performance? So what's the truth here? What's the truth? What, what do I need to do? Well, we start off with what does God say? Turn with me, if you will, first of all, to Psalm 103. Psalm 103, verses 10 through 12. I just love this whole psalm, but I will refrain from reading the whole thing, and we will begin in verse 10. He, that is God, <clears throat> has not dealt with us according to our sins, according to our performance nor rewarded us according to our iniquities, which is another word for sin. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness toward those who fear him. Now remember what fear him means. Fear means to stand in awe of him and to hate sin. So great is his loving kindness toward those who fear him. Verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. So here's God removing all of our transgressions from us, and here I am trying to hold on. To you. Oh, oh, man, I just need more forgiveness than what God's got. So I have to be careful about that. Romans chapter 8. Verses 1 and 2, you may know them. He says, there is therefore. What is the therefore? Therefore it's there because of all the things that Paul has already said in the first seven chapters of Romans that tells us what Christ has done. All right. So he says, therefore, now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If God doesn't condemn us, who am I going to condemn myself? Am I greater than God? Am I more righteous than God? Am I smarter than God? Why? Verse 2, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. It's done. Gone. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, to confess our sins means that I agree with God about it. If I agree with God about my sin, confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When Jesus died on the cross and shouted, it is finished, paid in full, your sin debt was paid in full and nothing you can ever do can add to that or absolve one part of the guilt that you carry. Nothing. It is so complete. It is so perfect. It is so accepted by God. You just don't need to mess with it. You don't need to try to add to it or take from it. God has already punished Jesus for what you did. God has already punished Jesus for what I did. And we might want to say, oh, that's not right. By our standards, it may not be. But by God's standards of love and grace, that's what works for God. It's perfection. He had to have it. So we're foolish to try to add anything to that punishment. We've been forgiven in Christ. Write this down. He is enough. He is enough. Nowhere in Scripture do we find God instructing us to forgive ourselves. Instead, he urges us to receive his complete, all-sufficient forgiveness. Forgiveness isn't something you can give yourself. It is something Christ purchased for you and gave to you. You can't come up with it. So when God says, I forgive you. There's only one appropriate answer, and that is thank you. Thank you, God. I don't deserve it, but I accept it. And because you love me, and in my gratitude, in turn, I'm going to forgive others. If I have failed to live up to my own expectations of me, then I need to be careful because that may mean that I have set up a standard-based performance by which I evaluate myself. And you know what that is? That's law, not grace. We're saved by grace, for grace, through grace. And so that's called legalism, where I'm checking off boxes on how I think I am good based on how I perform. So the Lord gives only one, only one qualification for receiving forgiveness. One. It is faith in Christ. Faith in Christ. So if we live under self-condemnation for a long time, we may begin to see it as a normal way of life, and we get comfortable there. It becomes a prison of our own making. And so we huddle in ourselves, ourselves, even though Christ has opened the door and invited us to step out into his freedom. I've read that people who've been incarcerated for a really long time don't want to leave prison because they've been comfortable there And there would be uncomfortable with the change of living in the world. There's a name for it. I don't know what it is. But they become comfortable in prison. Jesus is saying, look, I came that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. So he's offering us that open door and that freedom. Now, Satan, our enemy, would have you think that you have made fatal errors, that you are flawed, that you're worthless, that you're without hope, that you can't do anything. If you are God's, then God has called you not flawed, not fatal, not worthless. You know what God has called you? Beloved. Beloved, chosen, blameless before him, redeemed, cleansed, righteous, That's what God calls you, all because of Jesus and because you put your faith in him. What can you do if you're struggling with these feelings of not being able to forgive yourself? Well, I think the first thing is to get in your mind what God has said. Get it in your mind. View yourself through God's word. And see, this is what God says about me. And what God says is what is true, regardless of what I feel. And I'm going to tell you that if you do that, ultimately, your feelings are going to catch up with it. You know, a dog's got a tail. The dog wags the tail. The tail doesn't wag the dog. The dog is us. The tail is our emotions. Our emotions don't need to command the rest of us. What needs to command? What God has said, what the truth is. So probably the next thing I need to do then is to confess to the Lord my unbelief. Just say, Lord, help me believe this. Replace my feelings, replace what I'm thinking with the truth of your word and ask him to increase your faith. Ask him to let you see it. So bring it into God's light. Anything that it needs to be healed needs to be brought to light and air. And then the third thing, thank him. Thank him. Cultivate a grateful heart. Rehearse in your mind regularly all of the things that God has done for you. Walk with a grateful heart. That's going to give you joy. It's going to make you see the world in a different way. And number four, realize that your feelings must be held up to God's truth. Your feelings may not be facts. And so many times we replace facts with feelings, and we assume that feelings are facts. Number five, we're going to seek forgiveness from those against whom you have sinned. Know that you're forgiven. Another good thing to do is to sit down and talk with a mature, caring Christian friend or mentor or pastor, someone who understands God's word and understands grace, and just unburden your heart to someone who is trustworthy? Tell them. And then make the choice to forgive yourself. Make the choice to forgive yourself. Let's put that in the continuous present tense. I'm going to, con- to, to forgive myself in this moment, and I'm going to continue to forgive myself over and over again, just like I have to forgive other people every day on a daily basis. William Cowper. William Cowper lived in the late 1700s. He was a gifted and prolific British writer and a poet, and he was a close friend of John Newton. You may have heard of John Newton. Cowper struggled with depression and mental and emotional instability all of his life. It was just a problem. All of his life. And so history says that he attempted to take his own life several times. Uh, He threw himself into a river, and he didn't drown. He tried to ingest a lethal dose of opium, and he didn't die. He tried falling on a knife and missed somehow. And finally, he tried to hang himself, but the rope broke and he fell to the floor unconscious and was rescued. God wasn't done with him. History went on to record that he felt such contempt and disdain for himself, and he felt that he had offended God so deeply that he could never be forgiven, that his guilt was beyond comprehension, and his heart was always filled with despair. Through God's working, Cowper came to realize that there is no sin stain that is too great for God to cleanse. There is no sin that is too great for God to forgive. And so out of all of the torment in his life, he came to write one of the greatest of the Christian hymns of the church. Do you know it? There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains the dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day and there may i though vile as he wash all my sins away ere since by faith i saw the stream thy flowing wounds supply redeeming love has been my theme, and shall be till I die. Forgiving yourself by receiving God's forgiveness may bring about the breakthrough you've been waiting for. If you don't deal with your past, it will dominate your present and dictate your future. Get before the Lord right now. God bless you.